Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The College Football Experience Early Conference Look Ahead episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 40 grand with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And last but not least, we're brought to you by us, the SGPN app. Yes, you're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. So grab that thing today and let it ride. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State. And you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience, early season or early off season conference race. Look ahead episode. My name is Colby swinging database dent, AKA pick done D that's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. Double that price. No one touches Dundee. We're finally here, folks. And we got some announcements we're going to make. But uh, yes, we are finally here. The college football experience. We're shifted. We were, uh, you know, we handle me, Patty, CNC, Nick. We've, uh, first off, we've been rocking with the college experience for five years now. And, uh, well, We've never had a losing season handicapping every single division one college football and college basketball game. We got you covered. So subscribe to both feeds, the college football experience and the college basketball experience. Um, But yeah, here we are. March madness is done. We do have the college baseball experience to subscribe to that, but we make the transition and in the coming weeks, we will be having a ton of a ton of talk on the college football you know, uh, horizon, I should say, uh, about every single conference. We cover all 130 teams and we cover them. I like to think fairly, um, meaning we're going to give the same amount of attention as we, uh, you know, if you read our comments section in the iTunes, we give the Mac the same amount of attention as, uh, as the Pac 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC. So, 
Uh, if you're a first time listener, enjoy because uh, we think we break it down better than any. So check us out, subscribe, tell a friend, obviously, you know, years past we've had on uh, a lot of great, uh, great, I don't know whether you want to say analyst or, or coaches, you know, but uh, we hopefully we'll have, we'll pull back the curtain and have more of that as the off season gets closer and closer and closer. Spring ball is happening right now. Coaching hires seem to be done. Although there's always that chance that one could happen late. <clears throat> Maybe Herm Edwards. Um, but the transfer portal is, is just, uh, it's crazy in college football, college basketball. You know, we're still waiting for some big time transfers. Uh, I think the big one that everyone seems to be waiting on is JT Daniels. Uh, the, the former USC slash Georgia quarterback. Um, that is one. I think it's, I know he went on a trip to Oregon state. He went on a trip to West Virginia. He went on a trip was it Missouri? The third one? I don't know. He went, he went to three different schools. I think it was Missouri was the third one. Um, we'll see where he ends up. I, I don't think that's like, I mean, the first off he had like no disrespect to JT Daniels, but he hasn't played a full season ever. I don't think if so, it was what the first year at USC. Um, but I mean, that is, uh, I guess, substantial news. And obviously, you know, as spring ball continues, some certain teams haven't played their spring games yet. The, the pecking order on the, uh, you know, someone that's okay. You're quarterback two going into the summer. Well, maybe they're not happy with being quarterback two, So they'll hit the transfer portal. The, the, the portal is going to be crazy all the way up until August, but buckle up. We got you covered on the college football experience and man, it's just great to be in April. Also subscribe to the USFL gambling podcast. We got that going picks uh, me, Patty CNC, Nick, that will be going on this upcoming week as well. But Hey, it's just great to be in April talking college football. Well, well I don't get look. I mean, Lou Holtz is excited. Let's hop into it. And what this episode is really is it's just a solo one. Uh, to really like just to, to look at some of the conference races we got going on, but I got news for you. I guess before we hop into this, there is now going to be a YouTube page for the college football and college basketball experience that will be up and you'll be able to watch our shows live coming next week. Uh, We are scheduled to do a week zero preview, a week one preview uh, coaching grades for every single coach in college football that, uh, was hired this off season as well as uh, you know, in the coming weeks, our team previews where we actually grade every single coach in all of college football. We cover it all. I give you a podcast on every single team in the nation, all 131 FBS teams this year, not 130, 131 as James Madison enters the Sun Belt, And then we have the FCS preview, which we will get to as well. We got you covered dive in with us. Um, and also I'm going to be giving you a daily, daily college football show, uh, five days a week. So subscribe, tell a friend you will have us rocking. We are going to go through some of the big storylines at this, this episode, we're going to go alphabetically. All right. Alphabetically. Uh, let's start off with the, well, the ACC or uh, actually we can go AAC. I guess that would be first. Um, the AAC Obviously Cincinnati has, has been the team 
over the past what two years. Prior to that, it was UCF. I think John Rice Plumley. Uh, you remember he was playing wide receiver at Ole Miss last year, but prior to that, prior to Lane Kiffin's arrival, he was the quarterback there, and he was a decently rated uh, quarterback coming out of high school. I think he's going to fit great into Gus Malzahn's offense. Um, I think UCF is going to compete for a championship this year. Um, and Cincinnati, we'll see. I mean, who does Cincinnati go with at the quarterback spot? Is it Ben Bryant, the transfer? You know, he transferred out to Eastern Michigan. Now he's back there, back in at Cincinnati. Um, perhaps that's going to be one storyline we tackle a lot this offseason. But I think the Houston Cougars are in the mix. I know their running back uh, is out for the year. He just went down in spring ball. Um, so that one hurts. But uh, uh, the, I would say those three would be the top three teams. And that's not, that's not anything revealing or shocking, but I do think East Carolina. Now I know that I'm an East Carolina fan, but look, That's right, folks. ECU though, they return Holton Allers, a, a very experienced quarterback. They, uh, they, I think they, I mean, we made our first bowl game in a few years, uh, since Scotty Montgomery was gone. Mike Houston's got this program headed in the right direction. I do think, uh, that we will be able to contend in this conference. I really do with Cincinnati losing, not only because Cincinnati's not only losing Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner. Now I know they've been recruiting at a really high level and I know Luke fickle, I think develops talent very well, but I, I, I still think there's room for, uh, for, I've, I, I actually think I might favor UCF. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch that this year, but um, I would say East Carolina will be in the mix. Another team to watch out for, I think is I think uh, Tulane might be decent this year. Michael Pratt, year three, still a sophomore at the quarterback spot. I think Tulane might be a solid team in that conference. Um, blindly, like I said, this is what the, the first week of April, folks. So um, I would expect Cincinnati. I'm pulling up their schedule right now. I don't think they're going to have last year's success. They start out week one at Arkansas. I expect them to lose that game. Then they're at home against Kennesaw state. Who's actually a good FCS. Um, now the schedule isn't, but they do have back-to-back away games at SMU and at UCF, which to get UCF as the second back-to-back away game at the bounce house, I think is incredibly tough. And then the follow-up game after UCF is Navy, which triple option teams brutal to face. Uh, and then East Carolina. So I do think that is a incredibly hard four game stretch for them at SMU at UCF home, the Navy home to ECU. Uh, there are away games though, short of the Arkansas game. If they were able to find a way to get the, uh, that, that as a win in Fayetteville um, there, then they're at Tulsa, but Tulsa is pretty decent though uh, at SMU at UCF. I just think there's no way I think this team's going to lose I think they're going to be like nine and three. So I think that, that that's going to give UCF a shot just like that. Um, now, once again, we're going to go team by team. 
Obviously things can happen. Transfer portal coaching moves can still happen right now, but blindly right now, I take a, a quick glance um, UCF schedule. Now they do get two ACC teams in Louisville and Georgia tech, but their road games are much kinder um, at Florida Atlantic. That's should be a win for, for UCF at ECU. Okay. That's a tough game. And it's a, it's a look ahead spot because they have Cincinnati the following week at Memphis. I think that's a winnable game. Memphis hasn't been the same at Tulane. Now that's a back-to-back stretch. Maybe you get bit, but I think the home schedule favors UCF. I think UCF the team to beat in the AAC this year. Cincinnati fans might hate me for that. Uh, ECU though. Also, I mean, short of that game at Cincinnati, I think ECU has a nice schedule of uh, within the conference. I mean, uh, their away games within the conference at South Florida at Tulane. Now that's a back-to-back stretch. The Tulane one could bite them. And South Florida is a team that, that has shown signs big year for Jeff Scott year three. Uh, and then at Cincinnati temple. So I think there's a decent shot that ECU can be three and one on the road, which means then if you could take care of business at Dowdley Flicken stadium, uh, where, where, you know, the fans get a little wild, uh, it could be a fun one. Could be a great season for ECU. I really think, I mean, it would be interesting to see what the win totals come out as in the AAC in the coming months because we got you covered. But um, yeah, I think those two T or those three teams in the mix. And then I, I, I mentioned this one before the Houston Cougars, Houston Cougars are a team that uh, had a great season a year ago. Now they're at a conference schedule is, is in, interesting at UTSA at Texas tech home to Kansas. who I think is much better. And then home to rice. Um, definitely a, a challenge of themselves out of, out of the conference, but uh, in conference, they're away games at Memphis, Liberty bowl, Friday night, ESPN. I think that's a winnable game for them, but still, I guess that's a little bit of a rivalry there. Then at Navy at SMU at ECUC, I think their road schedule is pretty tough. I'm going to go ahead and say the easiest road schedule is UCF followed by ECU. So I, I think there's a decent shot. I, I would put UCF as the favorites this year with Cincinnati right there, Houston, right there. And East Carolina right there as well on the uh, second tier battling jockey for position. And then uh, Tulane and Memphis, even Navy. I mean, Navy's the team that whenever you think they're going to be like awful, they surprise you. And it wouldn't surprise me. You look at their away schedule this year in conference at ECU at SMU at Cincinnati at UCF brutal. It's a brutal stretch right there. That's four. That's probably like the four best teams. No, not the four best teams, but three of the four are the best. And then SMU is kind of walking into a decent situation. Rhett Lashley, Miami offense coordinator back in Dallas. He was the OC here a couple of years ago. So I don't think they're going to take much of a hit. If anything, they might get better SMU's road schedule at UCF at Tulsa, at South Florida, at Tulane. That's not horrible. The UCF and, and Tulsa uh, could be a, a sneaky team that could bite you. But I, I think right now, blindly, the pecking order would be UCF one, Cincinnati two. I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to put ECU three, Houston four, but th- that's right there. I think they're all right there. Five would probably be SMU. Um. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, this is a pretty good conference. Uh, Navy and, and, and Tulsa and Memphis are all right there. Uh, the only team I really think is bad is temple. 
and they have a brand new coach, you know, coming into play here. Uh, even South Florida, I think is going to be improved this year. It's a big year for Jeff Scott. So that that'll be interesting to see as that, uh, as that shakes itself out there. But yeah, I mean, I, what, uh, I would expect, uh, I mean, temple hired, hired Stan Drayton. I don't know much about the guy. So we, we got coaching grades coming next week. You'll see what I say about him based on his resume. Uh, but I think, yeah, I th- think it's going to be a tight race this year. I think it's actually going to be tighter than most years and most years you can figure out oh, it's going to be Cincinnati. It's going to be UCF or, or Houston. I think this year might be, might be a little bit open some opportunity. Let's talk ACC though. And the ACC just, uh, I mean the coastal division particularly, but even last year what we had Pitt wake forest in the ACC championship. I mean, what's happening to this conference? Um, obviously you got Clemson, but they lost Venables. They lost Elliot, their coordinators. Uh, they, the DJ at QB, you know, they got a five-star coming in that I think is going to be very interesting to see who gets the starting gig there. Uh, I, I would, I tend to think that, I don't know. I feel like, uh, what Cade club Klubnik 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 is the five-star coming in. I don't know. We'll see. I, I tend to, to think Clemson might have a, another, you know, lackluster year for them, which is what nine and three, they're still at a good season, but I think it could be anyone's conference. And I think part of the, I mean, obviously Pitt loses picket. They also lose Mark Whipple. But uh, Keaton Slovis comes in. Maybe Pitt can can be in the mix there. I know Narduzzi keeps a good defense there. I feel like um, UVA's got Brandon Armstrong back. I think I don't know Tony Elliott's one that you sit there and say, well, I, well you know, the last was it Clemson? Was it just the fact he had number one draft picks, or was it? you know, the guy can flat out coach. We'll see. He's walking into a great situation with Brennan Armstrong. I think he's one of the more electric quarterbacks in the nation thought that he was completely hosed from the Heisman race. I don't understand why he was not a candidate. Um, North Carolina, they lose uh, Sam Hart or uh, they lose uh, Sam Howe, but, uh, but they have been recruiting at an unbelievable level. Can Carolina come up with Drake may or Jacoby Criswell and come in there and really, uh, uh, live up to the hype of those recruiting, uh, you know, numbers that they've brought in, uh, in the coastal, I think really, what is the best storyline in the coastal? I think there's the Miami angle. Ryan Van Dyke looked great as a freshman, but Mario Cristobal comes in. The nation loves this hire much more than I do. Um, I've always thought Cristobal good recruiter, but, uh, not the best coach when it came to X's and O's. And I think that could still play. could still be a problem when you look at uh, the schedules for those teams um, or especially for that team is in Miami. Uh, let's actually, let me pull up Miami's schedule. Let's take a look. Cause I feel like everyone wants to fall in love with the hurricanes who have never won an ACC uh, championship. So I think they might still have their work cut out for them. I do think there's some nice breaks that they get this year, but uh, pulling up the schedule, yeah, obviously. Okay. Bethune Cookman week one, 
win. Southern Miss week two, the the Frank Gore Bowl. Um then at Texas AM, that's the big one you circle. And that's a, I think it's a winnable game. I think Texas AM is, is much like Miami where you get all these this publicity and the wins haven't really shown up on the field. Uh, based on your rankings, essentially. But uh, then you got Middle Tennessee, so I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they're four and zero out the gate. But uh, I guess they would be a dog in College Station, so probably three and one. They uh, get a bye week, and then they're home to North Carolina, and I think that's one you circle, one of the more important games of the season for the Hurricane here, because that's ACC play starting off with a team that basically has been recruiting better than you over the past few years. So that's a big opportunity there. Then week or that, that the second, the week after that, I should say they're at Virginia tech in Blacksburg. I think that's a loss. It's hard to win in Blacksburg. It might even be cold by that time. Uh, then they're home to Duke. That's a win at Virginia. I don't know what really to expect out of Virginia. So I'll, I'll even say Miami can win that one home to Florida state rivalry game. Who knows who can win that at Georgia tech should be a win. Although I think GT's had their number lately. Uh, at Clemson loss and home to pit. It's, it's actually not a tough schedule. They, I, I think there's a decent, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see with the preseason hype, what that, what that number is. I would imagine the, the coastal race will be between North Carolina, Miami, Virginia tech and Pitt. <laughs> That's half. That's almost the whole conference. But I just think that maybe UVA is the wild card there, or maybe Pitt's the wild card. Um, I don't know what to expect from UVA, and then Pitt with Keaton Slovis. I think you know. Yes, they use they lose Mark Whipple, but Slovis is a pretty solid quarterback. If they can protect him, uh, I think in conference, when you look at uh, Pitt's away games in conference at Louisville, at North Carolina, at UVA, at Miami. It wouldn't shock me if they went three and one there. Wouldn't shock me. I think obviously Carolina and Miami would be the best too, but wouldn't shock me. So they could be right there. As Narduzzi got that extension, I think those that storyline. Uh, and then obviously Brent Pride. We don't know what to, what to expect of Virginia Tech. I can tell you this. I think they're going to be a more physical football team when they go out and hire the what the Wisconsin offensive line coach. And the fact Brent Pride is a defensive guy who's been raved about for everyone from Bud Foster to, uh, to whoever, but uh, you know, he comes in with, with a lot of credibility. And it's funny. I listened to other college football analysts and stuff that weren't as high on the hire, but yet they're high on other hires that don't make sense to me. Like, I I think it was a pretty good hire. And I think uh, we'll see um, their away scheduling conference at UNC at Pitt at NC state and at Duke. See, I actually think that is a harder the fact you got to go to NC State, Pitt, and and, and uh, North Carolina, that's harder. It's a, I think it's a harder schedule. So if I had a lean, I would say Miami and Pitt have a hard, a, a easier route on the road than than the other teams there. But let's talk about the Tar Heels for a second. Let's pull up their schedule. Mac Brown, big year. Um, they do have two. Wow, they have three sets of back to back away games. That's that's almost unheard of. Um, their away games in conference are uh, at Miami, at Duke, at Virginia, at Wake Forest. That's that. I think that's a decent. I think they could go three and one there, maybe even four and zero. Oh. 
So I think it's between those three and I'll throw Virginia tech in that mix, but wow. Three sets of back-to-back away games. What are you doing there? Mac Brown Um, in the, in the Atlantic, I think the real storyline is wake Forest brings back everybody. And I thought uh, them going out and getting Brad Lambert, the DC from Purdue, who Purdue's defense was drastically improved uh, from a, from two years ago last year. And if you go back to two years ago, Lambert had the nation's number one defense at the Marshall thundering herd when he was there. So I thought that was a fantastic hire by Dave Clawson. Um, you look at the offense. I think Sam Hartman back for his 30th year of college football. I know they lose uh Beal Smith. I know they lost Kenneth Walker the year before, but I think they'll be fine. Dave Clawson's really got this program heading the right direction. Um, the out of conference, or sorry, the away games uh, in conference at Florida State, at Louisville, at NC State, and at Duke. I think I think they're going to be three and one, three and one out of conference there, maybe four and zero. Oh. So I I love it. I think they're going to be back in the mix. Um, then you have NC State, which talent wise, I think might be the most talented team in the Atlantic. I think Doran's got this, this program headed in the right direction. Um, the, now they do have, they have to play at Clemson this year. So their road games are at Clemson at Syracuse at Louisville at North Carolina. I think they're going to be right there in the mix. Doran's got to get this team over the hump though. They've been flirting with being really good, but they haven't been really good yet. Despite the talent, the talent is there. I feel like, so you got to get them over the edge this year. I think NC State, Wake Forest, they'll both be in the mix for the championship game. Then you got the Clemson Tigers. Um, they're at Georgia Tech, at Wake Forest, at Boston College, at Florida State. I think they could, I honestly think they could win all of those. That's pretty easy. The question is can they take care of business at home against NC State and uh, against Miami? But I think on the road, um, Wake. Not a not an incredibly tough place to play, so they they could get that one done. Um, let's talk about a sleeper in the ACC, Boston College. Getting Phil Jerkovic back or Jerkovic, however you want to say it, he's back, and I think that's huge. When he's healthy, this team's a lot better, and I think the line play is going to be better this year, despite losing a few. Um, and I Halfley's been recruiting at a really high level for the Eagles. Their best ever, actually, since we have documentation, since they've been ranking them. So can Halfley put it all together? Their road games at Virginia Tech, at Florida State, at Wake Forest, and at NC State. Now I will say that that's still tough. Because you're talking about three teams that I value as contenders, and then Florida State, which if they ever got their stuff together, that would be a tough game. So I unfortunately I do think that schedule's tough for them. They have two sets of back-to-back away games. Um, I think they're going to upset some teams, though. I do think this team is going to is going to be somewhat in the mix uh, come mid or late October, early November. I don't think they will get over the top, though. I think the schedule's a little too tough for them. Um, but NC State, Clemson, Wake Forest, I think contenders. I think the, the tier after that would be Boston College. Let's take a look at the Seminoles of Florida state um, as I just, I can't buy in yet. I know that uh, certain games that looked all right. I think what the Carolina game last year, 
but they, they also have been undisciplined. Uh, and you look at the road games for in conference for Florida state, it's at Louisville at NC state at Miami at Syracuse. It's not terrible. Like I think they can beat Louisville and Syracuse and maybe Miami. It's a rivalry game. Maybe. I mean, theoretically they could win all four of them because NC state kind of plays down, but I just feel like I would still favor NC state. I would favor Miami. And to be honest with you, I'd probably favor Louisville. Um, so I think there's still, maybe they get to a bowl and continue to build in the right direction. Let's talk Louisville Cardinals, Scott Satterfield. I think it's a big year for Scott Satterfield up there in Louisville. Um, they, uh, they, well, first off they opened the season with a, with a, with an ACC game at Syracuse. Um, that should be a fun one at that, uh, at that filthy dome they have. They need to cut the roof off that, bring it back to the Jim Brown. You want to know why Syracuse didn't, isn't where the program used to be when they had Jim Brown and art monk and all those greats, um, get, get back to playing, get, cut the roof off that thing, cut the roof off that thing. Uh, at Syracuse though, I do think Louisville will be favored. I don't think it'll be by much kind of anyone's game, um, at Boston college. I mean, I would favor Boston college, but I think it's a winnable game at Virginia. I think that's a winnable game, but it's also a game that they could lose. And then at Clemson, I mean, they could go three and one, they could surprise, but I don't think they're there. I'm a, I, I think the real contenders though, like I said, wake forest, NC state Clemson, I think it's a three team battle. And if there is a fourth team that comes into the mix, if they can score an upset, but I think that the schedule's tougher for them, it's the Boston college golden Eagles. Um, so that would be my picks there. Um, as, uh, as I sound off this sweet, sweet, uh, I don't know. I lost this clip. But uh, yeah, I think that I think you're looking at probably a, what a, a Clemson North Carolina game, a Clemson Pitt game, a Wake Forest, uh, Wake Forest Virginia Tech maybe Wake Forest, uh, a Pitt again is potentially possible. Um, NC State maybe this is the year for the Wolfpack. We shall see. It should be. I, I do think they are returning a ton of players that are impact players. Um, we'll see. Uh, ACC is a ton of fun. All right, folks. I want to tell you that the college football experience is uh, is really just excited to uh, to have this new YouTube channel and everything. So please join on board on that. Subscribe uh, starting this next week. So by the time you're listening to this, it should be out. Uh, but I want to tell you the college football experience is brought to you by WinBet. All right, make sure to get down on Win WinBet's ten dollars to win two hundred promotion, where a ten dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. The WinBet is a a special golf contest too going on this weekend. Bet a hundred dollars on the golf on golf from Thursday to Sunday, which I I know it's in the middle of it right now, but uh, you'll be entered to win a golf experience to the only golf course on the Las Vegas strip. That is the win golf club, multiple entries allowed. If a uh, patron wages thousand dollars on major golf championship Thursday through Sunday, they are eligible for 10 entries in the prize draw. Uh, there's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is download the win bet app uh, or visit winbet.com. That's W I N N bet.com to get started today. Now offer subject to change terms and conditions at win 
Bet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where you play through WinBet is available. If you or someone has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. Boom. Um, yeah. I, I mean, let's, 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 let's move this thing along. Next up, we got the Big Ten Conference. And wow, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see. Obviously, I think the every college football fan, even the the ones that are barely interested, know. Oh, well, Harbaugh finally got over the top last year. Uh, it within the Big Ten, not not nationally. Um, well, he finally beat Ohio State, which is basically probably even more valuable than a national championship to Michigan fans. But uh, you know, he flirted with the NFL. He loses his offense and defensive coordinators. And now here he is. Um, Cade McNamara slash JJ McCarthy are back, but they do have to play in uh, Columbus, Ohio, which could be tricky. Uh, Ohio state obviously returns CJ Stroud. They lose some receivers, but come on, it's Ohio state. They're just re reloading essentially with you saw that in the Rose bowl win against Utah. Um, but you look at uh, Ohio State's schedule. Obviously, they get Notre Dame out the gate, and I just saw a line on that. I think eleven. Did I see that eleven points? Notre Dame's getting eleven. I think I might have to take the Irish there, getting eleven, because I think the real question is: Is Ohio State? Uh, yes, obviously, CJ Stroud's going to be better, and Travion Henderson being back. Yes, they're going to be much better, but how fast can? Uh, can, you know, essentially Jim Knowles make that defense respectable or, you know, good. I guess they were always respectable based on talent, but uh, I think that was a good hire for them, but this is, Hey, week one, you're playing Notre Dame. We don't really know what to expect with Notre Dame. Um, you know, obviously Marcus Freeman uh, is a defensive guy, but I mean, I think they should be fine. I think Ohio state will win that game. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was a one score game, but obviously you have that out the gate. Uh, they actually don't hit the road until October 8th, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so that's ridiculous to me. Um, that that's, isn't that that's like halfway through the season. I mean, they have one road game before October 29th, one road game. That's that's absolutely ridiculous to me. Um, they only have four road games in general, so you got to like their chances. Their road games though are um, at Michigan State, at Penn State, at Northwestern, at Maryland. Obviously, the Penn State one I think is the the trickiest one. Michigan State potentially. Um, yeah, you got to like that schedule. You got to like that schedule. Um. So they're, I think, I think it, it's probably going to be Ohio state to win, to, to, to take down Michigan, Michigan lost a lot. Not a lot. I mean, even besides the coordinators, they lost a lot on the line of scrimmage. Um, you look at Michigan's schedule. They don't play a, a road game until October 1st. So what just one week before, but they do have a back-to-back road games that October 1st and October 8th. Um, but they only have four road games as well. Look, Hey, the big 10 starting to learn, starting to learn from the sec about some of this stuff. 
Um, but I'll tell you this: Michigan's at Iowa on October first. That's probably going to be a loss. Going into Iowa City, tough place to grab a win. They also play at Ohio State, at Indiana, and at Rutgers. Yeah, I think Ohio State's the clear-cut leader to to win the the Big Ten East. Um, the question is: is second place? Will it be Michigan? Will it be Michigan State? Will it be Penn State? Can 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 Rutgers or Indiana or Maryland sneak up on you? Let's talk Michigan State because I thought Michigan State a year ago was a bit overrated in my opinion. You look at their wins, yes, eleven and two season, but they uh, they beat Nebraska in a game I thought they had no business winning. I thought they got very fortunate to win that game uh, in overtime. Even that Miami game, the score is a little deceiving. It says 21 point win. That was a closer game than, than you realize. But the Nebraska win, close. The Indiana win, close. The Michigan win, close. And really, they were just outgained all, all game. Uh, I mean, look, look at the numbers there. They completely side on that. They beat Mich- or they beat Penn State by three. Even the Pitt game in the bowl game, Pitt didn't even have Kenny Pickett in their starting corner, and I think a few other players. And they came back and they they won. Credit to them for winning. But I don't know that I'm buying in on Michigan State being elite. I don't know if I'm buying in on that. I think that could have been. You want to talk about a potential under that I might lock up. We'll see what the what they have in Vegas when these things come out. But but you look at this year's schedule, and I know they they got Boise State off the schedule and replaced it with Akron. So nice job there. Um, they only have four away games. They're starting to learn. No, they have five. They have five actually. Washington, Maryland, Michigan, Illinois, and Penn State. I'm gonna tell you right there. Circle the Washington game. Circle the Michigan game. Circle the Penn State game. I think that's three losses right there. Um, then you have Ohio State at home. I think Ohio State is probably gonna beat them. They have Wisconsin at home. Um, I think it's going to be a much harder year. I wonder what that win total is going to be at. Even though the Minnesota game at home is tricky with the, uh, so basically from the big 10 West, they're drawing Minnesota and Wisconsin, which you can argue could be the top two teams in the West. Um, and in Illinois, they're at Illinois, the third team, and they're kind of a, a mystery team in the big 10 West. I'm, I, I can tell you this right now. I think I'm going to be on the under on Michigan state. Yes. Depending on what they said it at, obviously I'm doing a lot of hypothetical shit here, but uh, but yeah, let's talk a little Nittany Lion football. Penn State bringing back uh, uh, Sean Clifford for the 75th year. Uh, they have road games, and this is a tricky one out the gate at Purdue on Thursday, September 1st. I think they could lose that game, and if they lose that game. You're talking about then you have Ohio at Auburn. They could lose at Auburn. They could end up one and two. Then you have Central Michigan and Northwestern. I think you probably win those ones, but they need to take care of business. Now the road games in conference at Purdue, at Michigan, at Indiana, and at Rutgers. They get a bye week before the Michigan game, which you like. I'm going to say Penn State will probably be in contention here. I'll say Penn state will be uh it'll probably look like this Ohio state one. I think Michigan and Penn state are going to battle this thing out for two and three. 
I think Michigan State will probably be behind that. But let's take a look at Maryland. Maryland was better than I I, I thought they would be last year. Not by much, but the talent. Loxley kind of did it. Maryland's road schedule at Michigan loss at Indiana. I think that's a winnable game at Wisconsin. Um, Wait, am I? Oh, and then at Penn state, I see that's still a tough road schedule. I would still expect them to be dogs and what potentially all four, but uh, three of the four for sure. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, they'll be happy at six and six or seven and seven and five in a bowl game. Let's talk about Rutgers because that's an interesting team because they've been recruiting better, much like uh, North Carolina, I would say, down there in 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 uh, Chapel Hill. I feel like in Piscataway, I don't know, I don't know if it's this year or next year that Rutgers starts to give some of these teams fits, but I think it's coming. Their road games, though, in conference at Ohio State, that's a loss. At Minnesota, I think that's a loss. At Michigan State, probably should be a loss. And at Maryland. There'll be dogs in all four of them. Most likely. I think they can go two and two. That's a win on this. Uh, if they can go two and two on the road there, one and three, probably more likely two and four possible. I'm sorry. Two and two possible. Um, I think that's one of the big storylines though. In the big 10 is the basement. Can, uh, can Rutgers, can the Indiana find Indiana just two years ago, everyone wanted to crown them teams elite. I was never buying into that nonsense. That's why you roll with Dundee. Um, Indiana though. They, what they get Connell Basilek coming in the transfer from Missouri at quarterback. Um, they're at Cincinnati at a conference. That, that's a tricky game at Nebraska in conference at Rutgers at Ohio state at Michigan state. It's tough. I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think that I think they're going to be probably, I'm, you know, I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to be the worst team in the big 10 East. This year they're the worst team. Uh, let's talk Big Ten West. I'm realizing this episode is going to be longer. I think I need to go faster. Big Ten West. Um, Iowa's going to be Iowa. I think they'll be in the mix. I think they'll be in the mix to win the Big Ten West. I do think Minnesota with Tanner Morgan's return and obviously Ibrahim back f- from the injury, assuming he's fully healthy. Uh, the O line's got to get better for for the Gophers. O line's got to get better, but I, I could totally see Minnesota in the mix. How about like will will Nebraska with Mark Whipple and Casey Thompson or uh, who's it Chuba Purdy? Will will they be a team to watch out for? I'll tell you this: if I think Nebraska. I know I put a flag on them last year, but the fact that they don't have a well, I mean, I guess they play in Dublin in week zero against Northwestern, but I, I think they could be uh, sitting there at five and one heading into that Purdue game at Purdue on October 15th, even six and oh, wouldn't, wouldn't be the craziest thing if they upset Oklahoma in Lincoln. If that, if that happens, I kind of like their schedule. What the road games though, are what at Purdue or no at Rutgers at Purdue at Michigan and at Iowa the, to end the season's tough, but I could see them kind of surprising. I think they could be in the mix potentially. How about the Wisconsin Badgers? Can Graham, can Graham Mertz uh, find who he was recruit? You know, this is a guy that struggled last year. Can they throw the ball? The O line was terrible last year. Surpri- uh, surprisingly, 
Wisconsin's at Ohio State, at Northwestern, at Michigan State, and at Iowa, and at Nebraska. They have five conference road games. It's tricky. I would be willing to bet they're definitely going to lose at least two of those, but I do think they'll be in the mix still. It's Wisconsin. They're always in the mix. So I'm going to say what, I mean, the big 10 West might be the most intriguing. It's like the ACC coastal ACC coastal, big 10 West. It's ones where you just sit there and say, I got no idea, but I can't wait to watch it week by week. Um, Let's, let's take a shot on, uh, let's take a look at, at the Illini. The Illini, what? At Indiana, at Wisconsin. That's a great one because it's the Battle of Bielma. Uh At Nebraska, at Michigan, and at Northwestern. Uh, I don't know. I think Wisconsin's the type of team. I'm sorry. I, 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 I think Illinois is the type of team that uh, still is, is years away. Offensively, they're just not very elite. Um, so I think they'll probably be, they're not going to be in contention. I don't think now the Purdue Boilermakers are one that I think potentially could be They're uh, what at Minnesota at Maryland at Wisconsin at Illinois. I think short of the Wisconsin game, maybe the Minnesota game as well, but they're definitely going to go two and two. I would think uh, at Indiana as well to end the season, but I think they're going to be in the mix. I think Purdue could be a team to watch out for. And I'm even going to say Northwestern. Cause I feel like every year that Fitzgerald or yeah, Pat Fitzgerald struggles the next year, they've been on point, but I do think there's something to it. Mike Hankwitz was a legendary defensive coordinator for them. He retired two years ago. So last year was their first year without Hankwitz and wow, were they fucking terrible. Besides that, they had an all American safety transfer out to Notre Dame. They still have Ryan. Uh, they still have uh was it, is it, uh, is it Ryan Helensky? I know his brother. Um, yeah. Ryan Helensky, uh, is, is, is a quarterback that I think potentially, uh, could, could end up being pretty decent for them. So Northwestern wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they found themselves in the mix just because Fitzgerald does it year after year after year. But blindly, I would say Purdue, Indiana, Wisconsin, and I think Nebraska will be in the mix. Um, Purdue in uh, Purdue, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska. I don't know. It, it's like the fucking coastal. It's like the coastal. All right, folks. I want to tell you that the college football experience is brought to you by Coors Light. It's a hectic time uh, of year. They say you know March Madness, and you go into you got weddings, you got graduation, spring sports, the USFL, and more. And and we're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take us take a second to enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Cause honestly, do you always feel like you're always on? I know. I know I do feel like just sometimes you just gotta just, Hey, take a take, take a day and just say, Hey, I'm going to relax, spend some time, you know, doing what I want to do. Even if it's an, even if it's not a day, if it's an hour, do that, have a nice cold Coors light. You know, I, I really, I really think everyone needs to have that moment where they just got to press off. For me, it's Sundays. A lot of times Sundays, especially, well, I guess it's going to be different with USFL, but 
I'll find one day a week where I just turn, turn off the phone. No one's, no one's talking to me to, to, to today, you know, just me and my wife hanging out. So that's what you got to do. Take a moment to chill and grab a Coors light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill. And that is Coors light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold that way. You always know what time, when it's time to chill. Um, yeah. So, uh, look, get Coors Light delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com slash SGP. That's CoorsLight.com slash SGP. And remember to always celebrate, celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Gotta get that silver bullets. Uh, I also want to tell you, we're brought to you by IP vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and other prying eyes. Uh, that's why I use IP vanish to make it stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting a thousand per, or I'm sorry, a hundred percent of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from uh, falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Um, so go to, go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use the promo code SGP to claim 70% off your savings. That's IP V A N I S H.com slash S G P talking about uh, what I mean, we're just talking college football, just solo manifesto. All right. It's going through the ranks. Talk a little big 12 football, big 12. I think the big story here is what Oklahoma state's back. Spencer Sanders is back. The mullet is back. Mike Gundy's back, but they lose defense coordinator, Jim Knowles. They also lost some key pieces some key transfers, but Derek Mason comes in from Auburn where he takes a pay cut to leave Auburn and that dumpster fire. Uh, to come in to Stillwater, and I think that's a good hire. And then you still have Baylor, Dave Aranda, doing an incredible job. A surprise they didn't go out and get a quarterback, though. Um, so they're still going to have some inexperience, I guess, at the quarterback position. But hey, they did a pretty damn good last or job last year at doing that. And then I think the the elephant in the room that we circle is Brent Venables at Oklahoma. How will he do as a head coach year one? coming in with Jeff Levy's offense. He comes over from Ole Miss. You know, it's going to be a crazy offense. Dylan Gabriel, who ran that offense at UCF uh, with Josh Heupel and, and, and Jeff Levy, he comes into the mix and it makes you wonder uh, how, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty exciting in the big 12 this year. I think really exciting actually. Now, Oklahoma and Texas were protected. They don't have back-to-back away games. So they have that going in their favor. That's another thing is when you, when you really dive into the college football world, you see the scheduling advantages that the, the, the big teams get year after year almost makes you think, Hey, we should have a larger playoff. Yes, we should. Um, but here we are. If you take a look at Oklahoma schedule, well, first I, I think this, the big storyline is, is Ken Venables continue to keep Oklahoma on that level. I think that's the big storyline in the big 12 and uh, can Texas actually live up to it, which is the storyline for the past, I don't know, 10 years. Can they live up to their talent? I, I tend to think not. Um, 
and I, and can the big 12 oust them like they did, did last year? I thought that was a great storyline last year, Texas and Oklahoma say they're leaving. Uh, they're not even the top two teams in the big 12. Will they be this year? We'll see. Looking at Oklahoma's road schedule out at Nebraska at a conference, I think is a bit tricky, but then in conference, they kind of get those favors um, at TCU at Iowa state, which is tricky. It's a Thursday night ESPN game uh, at West Virginia and at Texas tech. Those are three, three tough. Uh, I don't think at TCU is really that brutal of a schedule or, or a road game, I should say. But at Iowa State Thursday night, now they do have a bye week before that, though. Once again, perfect scheduling protection. Uh, and then at West Virginia, who knows what's going on with West Virginia? I think that's one of the storylines. You want to talk about the hot seat, and we're gonna do we're gonna do an episode about the the coaching hot seat as well. And I think Neil Brown will be mentioned on that episode because I do expect, I think that seat's pretty hot. They got a ton of transfers. Talk about when they need to get JT Daniels. That that would be pretty uh pretty substantial for them uh, with Jared Deggy now at uh, Western Kentucky. Um, yeah, I mean I think Oklahoma with this schedule, I think they'll be back in the mix. I really do. So there's that. I I I, I don't. I, I mean I guess I guess what we should say here is that. Venables will have them in the mix, but I guess the question is, is can they stay at the same level Riley had them at? I think they probably can at least while they're in the big 12. But uh, as for the Texas Longhorns, with what they got Quinn Ewers coming in, they got ULM out the gate. It's not Maryland. It's ULM. Remember Maryland swept them out the gate. Yeah, I mean, last year's team was terrible. Last year's team, what five and seven with that talent? I I was never sold on Sark being a, a really good head coach. We'll see how it works out this year. They get Bama at home on September tenth, and don't look now—a sneaky game after Bama. UTSA comes to Austin. <laughs> Watch out for the Roadrunners. Meep meep. Uh, the other away game, obviously, they have the. Uh, the Red River Shootout in uh, going on in Dallas, and that you know that game is always just a blast. Doesn't matter who the coach is. I feel like that's always a fun game. But uh, yeah, I would say the Red River Shootout will tell a lot. Um, but there are other away games. Are what at Texas Tech? Joey McGuire, the new head coach there, that should be an interesting one. Kind of don't know what to expect with McGuire. He was at Baylor though, uh, through through both tenures, what Matt Rule and Dave Aranda. So I do think that might be a really sneaky good hire for Texas Tech. I know a lot of people wanted Sonny Dykes. I thought I thought TCU getting Sonny Dykes, to be honest, thought it was a terrible hire. I'm not saying Sonny Dykes is a horrible coach, but compared to Gary Patterson, did your program get better? I don't think it did. So, um, I think at Texas tech could be a little bit interesting of where to learn about uh, Texas there, but then there are other games on the road at Oklahoma state. I expect them to lose that one at Kansas state. That's tricky. And at Kansas, Kansas beat them last year. My lock Kansas over one win came true in that one. Hey, can the Jayhawks make it two in a row? I wonder what this win total will be for Texas Um, after that. So I, I think, uh, 
your top three are going to be what Oklahoma state, Baylor, Oklahoma, those three will be in the mix. Now I think Iowa state is a wild card that, you know, Iowa state's road games at or in conference at Kansas, at Texas, at Oklahoma state, at TCU. I don't think it's that bad. The Oklahoma state one is the, the really tough one. Um, so I know they're replacing Purdy and, and, and a, few, and a, a slew of players, but um, yeah, I think a, another one that I actually love is watch out for Kansas state, Kansas state, what at Oklahoma, at Iowa state, at TCU, at Baylor. I mean, at West Virginia, they do have a brutal road schedule, but um, Adrian Martinez at K state with that offense, I think can work. And with Deuce Vaughn, that backfield is going to be explosive. I'm very, they're one of the more team. Like I'm very excited to watch Kansas state play this year. I'll put it like that. Uh, I think they're a wild card. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's going to come down to, to Oklahoma state Baylor and Oklahoma again. I'm going to go chalk. Maybe you throw K state in that mix. I mean, Texas always has the talent thing. Ever get their shit together. Um, I guess you could say Texas Tech's a bit of a wild card. McGuire year one, though, I highly doubt that they're on that level. Uh, West Virginia, I don't think they're there. Kansas, I don't think they're there yet, but they're going to be fun to watch the evolution of Lance Leopold. I wonder what that win total will be this year because getting to uh, Tennessee Tech and Duke at home, TCU at home, Texas at home. Could, could they, could they? Sneak into a bowl? Dare I say? I don't know if they're there yet. It might be another year or two. But that'll be fun to watch all year. But I think the big storyline in the Big 12 is can the Big 12 keep Oklahoma and Texas out of the Big 12 championship? Worked last year for them in year one. In year two, wouldn't that be fantastic? I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. Let's hop on over now and talk what what's next? What do we got? The uh the conference USA and the conference USA. What they just scheduled some week zero games conference USA is just, uh, I think that they're what they're in one of the tough spots. I think uh, maybe the toughest in all of college football is the conference. People think the big 12, I don't know that conference USA will even exist uh, five years from now. I mean, they got what they got. Jacksonville state, Sam Houston state coming in next year. They're adding new Mexico state. It's an independent. They're adding Liberty as an independent Their hope. I've heard speculation that maybe Yukon and UMass will end up there. Um, I don't know because what you got a slew of these teams are getting rated by the AAC. What is it? I think what UTSA will be in the AAC. Um, I think I would, they have Louisiana tech. I think the, AA, the AAC is grabbing what Charlotte UTSA FAU. It's going to be interesting to see FIU. I think they'll still have, but uh, for this year sake, I mean, I guess what skip Holtz is now he's gone from Louisiana tech. I thought that was a mistake. Even though I do think Sonny Cumbie might be a decent hire to bring in. I think Holtz didn't deserve to be fired. Um, you got Western Kentucky, Bailey Zappi after his 10 million touchdown passes. He's gone. Now they bring in Jared Dogie, who I just mentioned about mentioned uh, was at West Virginia. 
Uh, they lose their OC too. I don't think they're going to be on that level. I think it's FAU and uh and obviously I think UTSA is is and UAB will be in the mix. They do a good job, but I think UTSA is the team uh I hate to be that predictable again, but I think UTSA is probably the team to watch out for again in the CUSA. Stockstill's always great though, Middle Tennessee. I always like rooting for them. I would say UTSA would be my one. My two would probably be UAB three FAU four, maybe Western Kentucky. Will Healy at Charlotte's interesting, but storyline, I would say the big storyline is, can they keep the momentum going in the right direction at UTSA? Because I think potentially you could be talking about a sleeping giant. That city loves football. You've seen it have success with the AAF. Uh, you had had success back in the old USFL. I think to me, if this USFL or the XFL there, they should make sure San Antonio has a team um, because I think this could really be a thing that really works out for them. Keep that momentum heading in the right direction. Uh, UAB, another one, I think interesting to see their development. I know they're headed to the AAC as well. Shout out to welcome to UAB, but uh, I think, I mean, conference USA, Kind of a, kind of a crazy conference now. Everyone's leaving. Give me the Roadrunners though, as the team to what I think the best storyline going into UTEP was fun last year too, but uh, yeah. So that'll be that'll be that, and then let's hop on over. Where are we at now? Independence. You got Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman. Actually, the Independence this year is fucking fun. It's really fun. You got Liberty. They lose Malik Willis, but just the fact they were able to retain their coach, Hugh Freeze, I think was is everything. I think the program was in decent shape, and they brought in Charlie Brewer, very experienced, like ten tenth year in college football. <clears throat> Liberty could be could be pretty damn good this year, just based on on that coach quarterback connection. Um, and then, I mean, that schedule that they have is interesting too. But Liberty. BYU, Notre Dame, I all find very interesting this year. And I'll take it even further than that. I think the independents are actually the most interesting I can ever recall them because you have UConn goes out and hires Jim Mora, who I thought was a fucking home run hire for them. I can't wait. He bring he instantly gets a what a four star transfer from Penn State at quarterback. Can't wait to see that. Um then the uh, Don Brown gets hired by UMass, which I thought was a home run hire. Don Brown was very successful at UMass back in the early two thousands when they're in the FCS. I think those are two huge home run hires. I, I honestly am going to be interested to watch them week in, out, you know, week in week out to see that growth that I think will occur with those hires. And then New Mexico state hires Jerry kill. Talk about a home run hire there too. The Jerry kills been successful everywhere. He's been. And then Let's not forget about the Army Black Knights. Jeff Munkin, most underrated coach in America, coming off a nine and four season. I'll say this: their schedule's tough this year, but I love me some Army football. Out the gate, they get Coastal Carolina and UTSA. I mean, that alone with the, they got what a Wake Forest on the schedule. Air Force, I think, is going to be good this year. They're on the schedule, obviously. Uh, service academies. Uh, sign me up for some independent football. 
I love all those teams. Uh, I think every single team that's independent is a great storyline. I can't wait. Like uh, week in week out, I'll be watching all of them. Uh, but after that, now what do we go with? We're trying to think alphabetically here. Let's talk. What is it? Am I forgetting? Uh, is it Maction? Is it Maction football? Is it time to talk Maction football? Now the Mac is one. You didn't have a ton of, of coaching, uh, different, you know what? I, I think I was surprised Bowling green. Didn't make a change. Thought that was surprising. Uh, now Mac, remember the Mac almost expanded. They were trying to get Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee to join. That almost happened. I think before, uh, before, you know, a sudden change and some stuff, but them in the Mac Northern Illinois won it last year. I know they get uh, what Jordan Lynch, the the transfer from Temple in at quarterback. I, I they were an incredibly lucky team last year. I watched countless games where I said, "Whoa, they can't believe they pulled that off." I don't expect them to win the MAC this year. Actually, you know one of the, and, and the one coaching thing that I was alluding to, by the way, was Joe Moorhead at Akron. Akron was recruiting pretty well for the, for the Mac over the past couple of years. That was a big get. I don't know if a year one, but remember, go back to his Fordham days. He was, he's a good coach. Even at Mississippi state, he didn't deserve to be fired in my opinion. So uh, Akron, the team to watch, I think one of the storylines there is how fast can Moorhead get the zips rolling. But uh, I, I think the, the best other storylines is can Toledo Toledo seems to be, I know Jason Candle, what turned down, I was at the university of Miami offense coordinating position. Toledo needs to be able to get based off their talent. They've had chances and they just haven't been, they've been good, but not great. Chris Creighton at, at Eastern Michigan. I always love to watch his teams. Can they get better? They lost Ben Bryant back to Cincinnati. They lost Hutchison to Chattanooga. Um, Boss state was a veteran team. They're replacing a ton. Ohio Solich isn't there. He was one that left, uh, you know, Ohio, maybe Ohio is the team that, that the win total maybe will go up um, coming in. I mean, what Leopold leaves Buffalo late and then uh, Linquist comes in. They struggle. I think central Michigan is the team to beat. Watch out for central Michigan. I think central Michigan is going to be a good football I think central Michigan and Western Michigan kind of have, and even Eastern Michigan have their programs kind of rolling. So I think the best storyline in the, in the Mac is Joe Moorhead at Akron. How fast um, can they get that thing going? And then I think uh, the, the state of Michigan, those Michigan schools, I think that that Northern Illinois success, can that continue? Can they keep winning these close games? Perhaps. All right, now let's talk one of my favorite conferences. Uh the the Mountain West. The Mountain West Conference. I love watching me some uh some Mountain Mountain West action and I think this conference is loaded. I thought it was loaded last year. Uh I think Air Force is really good. Troy Calhoun I think is one of the best coaches in America. I think they're a team to watch out for potentially win. They might even be the favorites in, in Vegas to win the mountain West. Now I also think Boise state was very injured last year. 
lost a lot of close games. They go back and you, let's pull up Boise State's schedule from last year. What? Uh, a, a loss at UCF in a game they were up like 90% of the game. Uh, a one point loss to Oklahoma State in a game they were up like 90% of the game. A uh, one score loss to Air Force. Even a 10 score, a 10 point loss to Nevada. I feel like they were in it. And a, uh, what, a, a 11 point loss to San Diego State. I feel like this team's close. Bachmeyer back. He's got to stay healthy, though. He, that, that guy's pocket awareness. He's, he, he, he's, Sometimes he's a great quarterback, but sometimes he, he hurts himself more than he helps himself. Um, I think Boise state will be right back in the mix. This is going to be a fantastic year. How about Utah state last year? How about that? Blake Anderson comes in. They, they win the mountain They go 11 and three, win the mountain West. I can't wait to watch. I'm telling you the, the, the mountain West this year is going to be a blast. You got Wyoming. Wyoming's a team that I think, uh, you know that they people sleep on them every year. I feel like I, I cash the over on Wyoming often. Um, although I feel like what last year they didn't their their over did not hit, but they always win. I took them as a big dog. I think who was it against? Maybe it was Utah State um, where they came through for me. Um, they're they're a team that I still think you should watch out for. I think this whole the, the whole race in the what is it the Mountain Division. Jay Norvell going to uh, going to Colorado State. Wow. Matt Mummy is the OC. I think that was a huge get for the Rams. I think that's going to be super exciting to watch them this year. But how about that whole race? Utah State, Boise State, Air Force, Colorado State, Wyoming, all of them I think are good. You try, even Nevada. I think Nevada's still in I know they had everyone else transfer out, but they get Shane Ellensworth in the Oklahoma State transfer. They go with a veteran coach that knows how to win in Reno. He's only watched it for, for what, 30 years, I feel like. Um, now, Hawaii getting Timmy Chang. Uh, I love it from from one angle that Timmy Chang is going to run the run and shoot, the June Jones offense, the Mouse Davis offense. But I, th- I feel like that program is a disaster from the athletic department to the team, to the school president. I feel like as much as I uh, want to, I want Hawaii to be good. I think they might be horrible. Um, San Jose state, Brent Brennan. I expect him to rebound. He gets Chevin Cordero, uh, Hawaii transfer in at quarterback. I think they could be sneaky. Good Fresno state gets Jeff Tedford in and Jake Hayner's back. Fresno state is a team to watch out for. Fresno state and San Diego state, uh, getting Braxton Burmeister, the Virginia tech transfer in there. Brady hoax doing a good job down there in San Diego. So I think the, the, the West side of things is going to be between Fresno, San Diego state and San Jose, San Jose state. Um, I'm not, I'm going to write off Hawaii. Um, but I do think, uh, what Nevada will be. Nevada will be in the mix. And uh, who am I forgetting here? UNLV this is a team that was close. They lost a lot of close games last year. Starting to buy in, starting to buy into Marcus Arroyo and UNLV. They're going to be uh, something to watch. And then also uh, New Mexico. I, that's one I hit on when they were at Wyoming. They're like a 17 point dog. I hit that on the money line. Year three now, Rocky Long back at the helm. You know, that's, it's only a matter of time before they turn that corner. 
They're going to turn that corner. I can't wait. Mountain West football is uh, what's the best storyline? Norvell going from Nevada to Colorado State. They play on October 8th back in Reno. Should be chippy, should be fun. Um, Boise State, re, you know, can they reclaim what they had? And then I think the, the Battle of California between San Jose State, San Diego State, and Fresno State. Sign me up. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, where, where am I at conference wise here? Pac 12. Pac 12 after dark. Finally, they got rid of Larry Scott. They also got rid of their, uh, their expensive office in San Francisco. They're gonna be working from home. Finally, someone with some fucking brains. Um, it's going to be, I mean, what everyone wants to crown USC and Oregon already, right? Caleb Williams is at USC. Every other transfer, Jerry Rice's son is there. I mean, they got every other fucking transfer you could think of. I get it. USC is going to be great. And uh, the, the PAC 12 starting to learn to protect their, their main programs, much like the sec and ACC has done. Uh, USC does not have back-to-back away games. Um, it's unfortunate for college football because how do you truly deem a champion when there's such a uh, uneven scheduling? But at the same time, uh, I think if you're a USC fan, you're like, damn, why weren't we doing this a while ago? Uh, the schedule's crazy still at a conference. You have what uh, Fresno state. Who's really good. I think coming to uh the Coliseum, you got Notre Dame coming to the Coliseum and then you got rice. So no, no FCS games. I mean, the rice win should be fine. The away games are at Stanford at Oregon state. That's the sneaky one. I think that's the one you circle at Utah. Actually, that's one that might deem the whole PAC 12 South at UCLA across town. Doesn't really matter. And at Arizona, I think they're in a decent spot, but I don't think they're going to get it. I think, I think everyone wants to write them in there. At Oregon State and at Utah, both are going to be tricky games. Tricky games. Now, let's pull up the Utes. Cameron Rising's back. Obviously, they, they lose their stud defensive player, Lloyd. Um, their away games in conference. First off, they're at Florida week one. That's awesome. Um, but at Arizona State, and they're kind of a team. Jaden Daniels is now at LSU. Herm Edwards, it seems like could be fired any, any day. So you got to like that matchup for them at UCLA is tricky at Washington state could be a little bit tricky. It's always tricky to go there in the desert at Oregon at Colorado. It is a tough road schedule for the Utes. UCLA Dorian Thompson Robinson's back for his like 30th year. Um, I think this one could be the one at Colorado at Oregon, but after a bye week at Arizona state and at Cal. I think UCLA is going to play for the Pac-12 championship this year. You heard it here first. UCLA plays for the Pac-12 championship. I think that's the team. That's the team. It's going to be between UCLA, Utah, or USC, right? Arizona State. Yeah, they got talent, but I don't know what the hell's going on with that program. Arizona seems to be. I think Arizona seems to be flying under the radar. I think they're going to be improved. Colorado. Who knows with a healthy quarterback? But I, I mean, Colorado got destroyed in the transfer portal. Absolutely. I don't think one team in the power five got destroyed more than the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, I feel like their whole secondary is at Oregon. I feel like uh, I mentioned Jerry Rice's son. He's now at USC. Uh, they lost the other uh, Walter Stanley's son. 
I mean, they lost everybody there. Uh, they lost Broussard to Michigan state. Just everyone you could think of uh, their starting center thing went to Duke. I don't know about the buffs. And I think the buffs also scheduled crazy. Look at the buffs at a conference schedule at Minnesota at air force home to TCU. That's the, that's, that's gotta be one of the hardest schedules in college football, if not the hardest. Um, so that they don't play any FCS teams and they play what 11 power fives and then air force who is a triple option and you're at air force um, and air force. What only one, what did they win 10 games last year? Yeah. They won 10 games a season ago. What do they do? Relax on the scheduling guys. Relax. I'm going to call for UCLA. I think UCLA, USC, Utah, but obviously that storyline battle of Los Angeles and then Kyle Whittingham's, you know, an unbelievable coach. Can he continue to grow in the North? Everyone's buying this Oregon thing. Dan Lanning coming in. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, what's their away games at Washington state tricky at Arizona. That's a win at Cal. That should be, I don't know. That could be tricky at Colorado at Oregon state. I don't know. I think it's, it's anyone's conference. I like the higher DeBauer going to Washington. I like Dickert at Washington state. I think those two can work out Stanford. They've been, they recruited good again, but who knows? I don't expect Stanford to be much, maybe six and six, something like that. Uh, I mean, if you're an Oregon fan, yeah, I get it. You should be right there. I think you're going to be right there with Oregon state and maybe Cal, maybe, I don't know, maybe Washington and Washington state. Pac-12 North is interesting. Pac-12 North, we can throw in that battle like Big Ten West or uh, ACC Coastal. Who the fuck's coming out of this thing? I guess we got a little more of a lean with Oregon, but I I could see some chaos happening there. Let's switch on over and talk. Who am I missing here? SEC. Georgia Bulldogs in the East. I see. That's the thing. Everyone wants to tell me that Florida and Tennessee are going to give Georgia a run this year. Maybe Kentucky. No, no, I don't think so. Um, Florida got Napier and I know everyone raves about Napier. I need to see it a little bit more because I thought the Sunbelt West was absolute dog shit. Now Napier did a great job there. There's no denying that, but I'm not ready to crown them just off of them bringing in Billy Napier and bringing back Anthony Richardson. It will be interesting to see the growth of the Florida Gators as the season goes on. But um, I'll be honest. I think Kentucky or Tennessee is probably the, the, my number two in, in that conference right now and that side of it in that division Vanderbilt has sh- sh- still to me shown no signs of life. Spencer Rattler and everyone else transferred to South Carolina. That was, I mean, South Carolina, I one of the, the winners of the transfer portal. However, I, I, mean, I mean, let's pull up South Carolina schedule. Could they, could they mess around with them? South Carolina's got road games at Arkansas, at Kentucky, at Vandy, at Florida. I mean, it's not brutal. Not brutal. I could see them. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be contenders in this conference. I'm going to go. I think Georgia's going to going to wax everyone in the SEC East. Maybe uh, Tennessee or Kentucky can bite them, or maybe even Florida. South Carolina. I guess, I guess that's a great storyline. Who finishes number two in the sec East? That's a great storyline. Um, in the West. Oh, it's just the coaches. 
Saban, Brian Kelly, Mike Leach, Sam pulled pork Pittman, um, Jimbo Fisher. And then you have the dumpster fire. That is Auburn. I feel sorry for Brian Harson, but not really. Cause he's getting rich off this, but that's the storyline. I think I want to watch is what the hell happens to Auburn is Brian Harson coaching there by week seven. I have no idea. Um, but then the storyline is can a and M get over the hump. I don't, everyone keeps uh, all over Twitter and all over any college football fans saying, Oh, a and M's there. No, I'm not buying in. This is a team that probably should have lost to Colorado a year ago. They were not that great and bringing in max Johnson. I'm not just sold on a and M overnight. No, no, I actually don't even think they're going to finish second. I mean, the schedule breaks for them kind of nice, but I'm not buying in. They also lose Mike Elko to Duke. I think Bama runs away with the, the sec West second place should be fun. I think LSU is flying under the radar. That's probably one of my favorite plays is the over on LSU. I think Mike Leach year three is going to be very sneaky. And then Jackson dart at Ole Miss should be interesting to see uh, without Jeff Levy. See what, what Kiffin does there and a and M. I mean, let's, I guess you got to mention them because of the way they've been recruiting, but at the same time, like they have questions at quarterback to me. And as you see all over the college football landscape or just the football landscape, quarterback plays pretty damn important in 2022. So those teams, uh, and Sam Pittman and Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom all back. I think Arkansas might be pretty good. To, pretty tough team. I think uh, I watch out for uh watch out for Arkansas again. Should be fun. Should be fun to check out the SEC West is loaded. Absolutely loaded. I know Alabama's got more away games than they traditionally have. So I expect them to, to lose a game somewhere there. Still, they'll make the playoff and everything, but still, I expect them to lose a regular season game. Um, and then you have the Sunbelt conference, which I think is fun. Talk about, you want to know about my favorite conference this off season? It has been the Sunbelt. I mean, First off, the, the the past ten years, ten years ago, the Sun Belt was horrible. All right, had like Idaho and New Mexico State and stuff in there. I mean, now I love what they're about. They're like, uh, if you're a fan of football, I think you gotta love the Sun Belt, especially the Sun Belt. What is it? The East. James Madison comes up from the FCS where they've been really good. They've been like a blue blood in the in the FCS. You mix them in with App State, who used to be a blue blood in the App State, or I'm sorry, in the FCS, in the App State. You have Georgia Southern, who used to be a blue blood in the in the FCS. You have Georgia State, who I think is good. You have Coastal Carolina and the mullet, the teal turf. Fuck yeah! You add Marshall. Marshall used to be an FCS blue blood. You add Southern Miss, who just has been a great mid major over the past thirty years. You mix that in with Louisiana, who's had great success. I know Napier's gone, but they're keeping an in house guy. You got Terry Bowden at ULM. You got Troy, who's been solid uh, mid major over the past 10, 20 years. Fuck yeah, this kind of, I mean, Arkansas State's the question mark with Butch Jones. Will that work out? But I mean, talk about a, con- a conference, South Alabama, I guess, a little bit of a question mark, Texas State, but especially the East, adding Old Dominion, too. Fuck yeah, I cannot wait for these weekday matchups uh going on in the Sun Belt. I think the best storylines in the Sun Belt are the App State Coastal Carolina battle. I think it's ridiculous. Georgia Southern's ditching the triple option for Clay Helton. We'll talk more about that next week. 
Um, you know, Marshall, I think Marshall is a good team. Adding Marshall to the mix. ODU in year one, Ricky Ronnie having a great year. I think they're a team to watch out for. I like what Elliot does with the Panthers. Um, of Georgia state. I, I can't wait to watch Sunbelt was my favorite fucking conference. Let's go. Let's do this. Putting a stake in it. Sunbelt football. Everyone let's get excited. Schedule more of those weekday games. I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. If you're a mid major, even the ACC or the PAC 12 or the big 12 schedule more weekday games. Gambling's legalized in all these States. Now folks schedule more weekday games. Ah, I'll get to, we'll talk more about that in a second, but I want to tell you the college football experience is brought to you by stable duel. Yes. I mean, this thing is stable. Duel's incredible, right? Stable is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 40 grand with one entry head over to stable to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download us. Yes. The SGPN app. We're brought to you by it. Right, you're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. You want to check out all 131 college football team previews? We're gonna have you covered on the SGPN app. We got articles that are gonna be written. We got episodes. Mike Leach will be back on the show at some point. Uh, Phil Steele will be back on the show at some point. Uh, just all all the guys, all the all the the regulars. You know, June Jones or I don't know. We got just got a, a slew of slew of great guest appearances that come on and talk shop with us. So. You'll get access to all of that with the SGPN app. Um, before I get out of here, though, I did want to emphasize this. Though uh, I, I wanted to to hit on this the the weekday schedules, guys. Why why are you guys not doing this? I I really think they're thinking short term. If you're not trying to get weekday games, FCS is a complete mystery to me. People want to gamble. People want to watch. You look at the the ratings of those Mac games; they get good ratings. If you're an FCS school, or if you're a, an independent, or a, you know playing in the Mountain West or the Conference USA, schedule more weekday games. We want to watch you. When you put them on a Saturday, they get lost in the luster. I don't understand it. Like, let's just pull up uh, right now. I'm going to pull up like college football week week one schedule. Right now, I will say this. Week one, um, the the FCS does play, and the FBS and FCS play a lot more Thursday games, right? Which they should do all year. I don't understand it, or Friday, or Wednesday, or Tuesday. If you're listening to this and you have any bit of power, start thinking outside the box because I'm telling you, it just makes more sense. All right, but let's so let's throw out week one. Let's go to week two. As of now, now some of this will change, I think. But as of now, there's no Thursday game on on week two, right? Because the NFL, that's the NFL's opening night. I still don't agree with that. You could have a West Coast game. Just giving them that whole day off, ridiculous. Um, but how about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Even on Friday, you only have two games. Florida International, Texas State, Louisville, and in, in, in Central Florida. There's You're selling yourself short. Some of these matchups. Okay. I'm looking at one right now. Old dominion at East Carolina sunbelt AAC matchup. Put that on a Thursday, put that on a Wednesday. If you don't want it to be on a Thursday, cause it aligns with the NFL, then find a game. That's going to start at a UNLV at Cal pack 12 UNLV at Cal Thursday night after the NFL, 
guess what? We don't want to go to bed. We'd rather watch a football game. Put that on. Um, I'm seeing what Memphis at Navy. Why is that not a weekday game? Maybe that one turns out to be a weekday game. It should Boise state at New Mexico. That should be a weekday game. UTSA at army. I mean, how great the fact that that's not a weekday game. What are you doing? That's a great matchup. Put that on Wednesday, put that on Friday, put that on Thursday. We have, you know, we have computers, folks, people watch in more than one way on their television. You know what I mean? Like you might throw the NFL game up in their television. You might have two TVs. We have like eight at the studio or 10, whatever, but on your laptop, you get YouTube TV. Boom. What are you thinking folks? Houston at Texas tech potential. Put that on the weekday, put that on a weekday. Even if you just want to go like Eastern Michigan at Louisiana, why are you not playing this on a Wednesday? I don't, someone explain this to me. UMass at Toledo. No one's going to watch you on Saturday. No one. New Mexico state at Utah, the battle of the I 10 love that rivalry. Guess what? If you play that on Saturday, no one's going to watch, put that on the weekday game, Northern Illinois at Tulsa, put that on a weekday game, South Alabama, central Michigan, put it as a weekday game. That's all I'm saying folks. All right. Northern Colorado, Wyoming. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I think my point's been made. I could do it for every single week. Join us guys next week. This is just a, this is just a, a, a cup of tea real quick. All right. Because the real shit is starting next week. Subscribe to the college football experience. Get that. Uh, like I said, we're going to YouTube. You're gonna be able to watch it live as we draft all th- top 30 games for each and every college football week. We're also going to have an episode ranking the, the new coaching hires also hot seat episode. Also breaking down all 131 college football teams, Heisman odds, win totals. We'll go through every single team's win totals. We got you covered on the college football experience. Subscribe. We talk college football year round. Also remember we talk college basketball year year round. Shaheen Holloway. St. Peter's just had that magical run. Now he's at Seton hall. We just dropped an episode about that. Check that out. All the coaching hires, all the uh, transfer portal stuff. We got you covered on both. So subscribe to both. Also subscribe to the USFL gambling podcast and subscribe to the sports gambling podcast network. Get that SGPN app. It's free in the app store and Google play store. And uh, yeah, folks appreciate you rocking me. Hopefully I didn't bore you to death here. Uh, Just to just wanted to get your feet wet. All right. And remember five days a week, college football experience talk every single day of the off season. So enjoy it. Let's do this. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D the college football experiences on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and the sports gambling podcast networks on Twitter at the SGP network. Give us all a follow. All right. And let's ride into this off season. All right. Let's just, let's just turn it up to volume 11. All right. Let's rock. All right, folks. This is the college football experience cup of tea style. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. You come from an undone, undone.